Low tone cheek. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Adam Pacora. Here we are on a next journey for Requiem for a Tuesday. Let's get it poppin'. Um, it's been a little bit. Uh, I lagged past couple days on getting this out, but that's okay. We might do a, a double up manana. We'll see. But uh, definitely a short gap on the next one so we can even it out. So uh, I know that uh, you might have panicked out there, but don't worry. <clears throat> I got you in check. We got the content coming. Or they don't call me the cowboy. Um, but yeah, can we just talk about that for a second? How big that lighter flick intro was on like an entire generation of people. I mean, Prime Lil Wayne was a whole nother game. You heard that lighter flick and you were like, damn, okay, I'm already in the burbs, not doing anything. I'm riding around trying to get a blunt going just so I can listen to this dude smoke a blunt and go off for four minutes about nonsense. Um, it was peak powers and I repped it pretty heavy, then was against it pretty heavy. When uh, I went through my inevitable deaf jux phase, as I'm sure uh, plenty of white kids have done. Cause, uh, but I mean, it was it's good shit still to this day. I think deaf jux holds up pretty well. I mean, obviously LP still going real strong uh, with Run the Jewels, but uh, yeah, uh, it it was definitely a thing where it was like, okay, this this is it. Like this is hip hop. This is real. Um, all the other shit is bullshit, and then, uh, yeah, I don't know, I was too young to understand that both things could be okay, you know, um, I, I, I still think of myself as somebody with very, very strong opinions, but I mean, up until a couple years ago, it was like scripture, and I didn't know... I didn't know that other way, like, you know what I mean? Like, I, it was hard for me to accept that other things could also be true. Like, not even in an individual sense, just, like, uh, I, I was way more th objective in my thinking. And that was pretty tough to, like, undo. Uh, I still struggle with it, for sure. Um, but... It makes it makes everything a whole lot easier if you kind of just don't care about things like that, or if you also just like are cool with it. I think that that's even better, ideally, you know. But if you can get yourself to completely just be like, yeah, you know, go for it. That's fine. Whatever this, you know, this doesn't matter. Uh, then I think it makes things a lot easier on a day to day basis. Um, I don't really know how I got here, but that's okay. We're just gonna keep rolling. Uh, yeah. Uh, if you're if you if you're real into Def Jux, you know, all for it. Lots of good artists on there. Um, if you're not familiar, check them out. You know, there's that whole label was pretty stacked. You know, so I think I think there's something in there for everybody. Um, but like if that's your whole thing and you're like really repping it, you know, that's fantastic. But just understand that at the same time, somebody can love Lil Pump. Um. And you definitely probably don't, and that's okay. You might not understand why. That's also totally fine, but I mean, just whatever. You know, they're clearly on a different wavelength. You're not going to change your mind. Just let it go. Anyway, uh, that's probably very common knowledge for everybody. Uh, if you're a psycho like me, it may be a newsflash. Um, you may be like, oh, wow, that kind of makes sense. Or if you're like me the way I was back in the Lil Wayne days, uh, whether positive or negative feelings towards, <clears throat> then uh, you may find yourself thinking, wow, this guy's a fucking idiot and this still doesn't make any sense because why would I allow somebody to like something that sucks? And to that I have to say, <clears throat> I know what you mean. Uh, good luck with that. You know, you you enjoy that being your thing because let me tell you it doesn't do anything anyway i just mean but like everywhere from like 07 to like 09 there was not like any song by anybody it was like new youtube featuring lil wayne it was like new 
um, Morrissey featuring Lil Wayne. It was like new Jerry Lee Lewis featuring Lil Wayne. Like every track, <clears throat> he was on it. Uh, you didn't go anywhere. Summer of 07, you know, you were at the pool. Lollipop was on. <laughs> you know what I mean? You were wherever. You were at McDonald's. Kids were listening to a Millie. Like you could not escape it. Um, and it was just truly remarkable. Uh, I don't know anybody that has done that since. Uh, it It's uh, kind of like what I talked about with Eminem, where it was just like a phenomenon. Like, I mean, I didn't know. I, you couldn't watch anything on TV, really. Uh, I mean, I, you couldn't watch MTV, I guess. Um, you couldn't listen to the radio. You couldn't really talk to anybody. You couldn't listen to, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, no matter what was going on, anything that was current and up to date, like, that guy was everywhere. And uh, he was unbelievable. I mean, no ceilings to this day. I may have said this before, and I will say it again. To this day, I think is unparalleled in the mixtape realm. I mean, uh, there are certain people who have dropped what, like, maybe on Dat Piff and are considered mixtapes, but are or like are technically mixtapes, but are considered albums. Uh, there are some of those to which I would say probably surpass the quality but i look at them as albums you know because that's how they were intended so uh yeah i just think pound for pound that's probably the best mixtape ever it's a true mixtape in fashion you know it's over other people's beats he's just going for it you know just wilding out and uh it was a lot of fun um and that demise happened but you know when you're putting out thousands of songs like it, it made sense it's like this guy just needs a break please you know, somebody get him some rest. Um, but that was a lot of fun. So if you were a part of that, uh, congrats, because uh, it was a blast for that for that little period. We were uh, it was the hot debate. You had to know which side you were on. Um, something that I noticed while saying that is that uh, I've definitely seen memes recently, like recently enough that it's been like. That it's, like, still pretty fresh in my brain. So, like, within the past couple months, not like I saw this, you know, five years ago, like, relatively recently, like, legit recently. And uh, it was pretty much saying, like, man, MTV sucks now. It was great when I was a kid. And it was, like, about that, like, like the dating show, like, Next or, like, Pimp My Ride. I forgot what was on there. It might have been, like, a four square of, like, those two shows like flavor of love and like some other whatever flavor of love may have been on vh1 i think it was <clears throat> but uh regardless uh that's totally insane because all we ever hear is how mtv sucks now like at the time when those shows were on older people just thought mtv sucked and uh used to be better but if we think that and they think that and they're the first people who had it. And, you know, we're like the third, I guess. But 90s people seem to have still been cool with it. I don't really know their timeline. Uh, there may be overlap with either side. Uh, that's not really the point here. What I'm trying to get at is uh, maybe it's doing exactly what it's supposed to be doing the whole time, which is appeal to the young generation and be cool and like what they like. Um, because Jersey Shore was the biggest thing. Everybody talked about it. I didn't watch it, and uh, it was one of those <clears throat> same type of thing we just talked about, like, oh, this is dumb. Why would you like this? Like, this is so stupid, and it would just make me mad that people liked it, whereas, like, I could have either, one, let it go and, like, not concern myself or just watched it to be a part of the conversation in some other kind of way. Uh, but really, like, just being a detractor doesn't get you anywhere. So uh, that was no fun for me the entire period that that was on. And I was like, that's so dumb. Uh, <clears throat> but everybody loved it. It was a big, big thing. Uh, and whatever's on there right now, I'm sure, is a big, big thing. And I'm just, like, I just have no idea. And I think that that's exactly the point. So I think that maybe they've been crushing it the entire time. Because also, there, the whole argument was like it used to be music all the time. But then, like, all the old shows people talk about are like shows. Like, they had that video or that uh, game show, Remote Control, which was pretty dope. 
seeming, you know, early Adam Sandler was on there and it was like in comfy chairs and stuff. I'm I'm pretty for it. Uh and I'm always down for some pop culture trivia, which I believe is what it was about. Uh one of the saddest things in my life is that uh, I still have yet to go to a trivia night. Uh it's really killing me. I was going to go the other day and then uh f- forgot I had a whole other thing going on. And uh you know how that goes. But uh, it's definitely hashtag goals to make it out there for one of those at some point. But uh, I just don't really know like what 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 the big change was because like TRL was still like a show. But I get it like that was a show when I was watching it. Um, and then like real world and stuff seemed to happen like right after. So I don't really know what the whole thing was. Uh, whatever. I'll clearly never understand that. But I'm just saying. Uh, I, I think that uh, they know what they're doing. They're catering to the right audience. If you don't like it and you're like over 22, uh, they're probably doing exactly what they want. And so <clears throat> just kind of a little realization that I had there. Uh, for a long time, I always felt that VH1 was the superior channel anyway. Uh, but that's just because the I love the series, I may have said this, just uh, completely uh, changed my entire life and perspective and kind of kind of shaped me in a way. Uh, at least that's how I like to remember it. You know, there may be some trauma blacked out in there, but uh, we'll save that for later because uh, everything seems to be good enough for now. You never know. We got we got decades, so maybe maybe we'll get to that uh, in one of those later on. But for now, um, I would like to discuss a little something that I rewatched last night. Hadn't seen in a while. The 1990 uh, polarizing classic "Wild at Heart." by David Lynch, the Palme d'Or winner. I'd never know how to say that. And I told myself that I wouldn't say it, that I would stop trying and I would just say Golden Palm. But for whatever reason, I just want to say it. There's something about like the way it's spelled and like the whole thing in like French where like the words just seem like you just want them to sound super like elegant like, whenever you see French and it's like, oh, I'm going to try to read that out loud. And it's like, <laughs> you know, and you're like, damn, I'm fucking romantic. Wee wee baguette, bitch. Uh, it's just one of those times, you know, I always just feel like going for it. Uh, anyway, let's get into it. Uh, so that movie's fucking crazy. And uh, I remember the first time watching it, I was like, this movie's fucking crazy. But I was like, I don't really uh, get it. <laughs> you know, I was like, this is kind of just fucking crazy, which is uh, a big experience that uh, I kind of tend to have on my first viewings of his stuff. At least um, like once I got used to uh, not really knowing what was going to go down, just being used to like the, the dreamlike style and like probably ultra violence uh which was it has never been an issue for me i mean that never really um set me back against anything honestly uh it was pretty jarring in roadhouse (laughs) but i think that was pretty jarring for everybody i don't know though uh maybe everybody knew that was coming i i Like, I knew about it, but I didn't understand that it was a whole thing the whole time. I kind of thought that the thing at the end just kind of came out of nowhere. Um, But that movie's fucking awesome, so I'm not going to dive into that. Trust me, there are no negative things that I have to say about Roadhouse, at least not off the top of my head. Um, But yeah, I I just think that going in, I mean, violence... Apparently was a big issue for everybody in like Blue Velvet and this and probably a bunch of everything, (laughs) you know, Uh, but that was never a factor for me. It was just kind of like, okay, I get it. Like everybody's a little off, so nobody really knows how to talk. It's like that's getting hard to get used to. Um, And that's why I would say that like watching Blue Velvet, I was like immediately like, I know that this is fucking perfect. Like this is amazing. 
And I think it was because they kind of just like had a regular dialogue going. Um, obviously, they were up to some weird shit, doing some shady shit. Um, I mean, Kyle MacLachlan's character is a fucking weirdo, you know, undeniably. And uh, Laura Dern, uh, America's fucking sweetheart, uh, was just too naive to see it, I guess. Um, I don't know. I'm not going to get into any, like, analysis of anything because uh, doing that with David Lynch doesn't really make any sense. Uh, you kind of think what you think, and I'm pretty much just going to tell you kind of some spots that I noticed. We're not going to get into any, like, thoughts or opinions here, and then we'll move on. Um, I just, uh, I, I loved it the second time. I, I paid way more, t- much more attention to the cinematography and, like, the composition of everything and it is just unbelievably beautifully shot and um i loved all the imagery and cuts like to the fires and <clears throat> and stuff and like th- kind of forcing the themes at you but like you're still not really sure kind of what's going on it's like is this a are you doing wizard of oz references and homages or is this literally like you doing the wizard of oz was a fun uh thought i had a little stoned watching this movie i was like wait a second <laughs> he's just doing a remake don't you guys get it <laughs> it's the lynchian wizard of oz and uh but yeah i mean i i, I mean all of that just like i didn't really it was all just so jarring at first it's like holy shit wait why is this like that and then oh my god and she's got that lipstick all over her face um yeah i don't know i don't really have a lot to put into it you should just watch that movie it's fucking awesome is is all i'm really going to say i mean the characters have great names they do crazy shit it's fucking fun it's like I feel like Natural Born Killers would not have happened had Wild at Heart not happened because they're both kind of road movies with just bizarre shit happening and, like, obviously Oliver Stone does his whole psychedelic thing and, I mean, I am a big fan of Natural Born Killers. I think that that's a really good movie. I wish that uh, Tarantino's script was not that edited uh, but I thought that, like, all the intercuts and, like, just the weird cut scenes and animation stuff and, like, I don't know. I thought that all of it was awesome. It was definitely over the top and insane, but, like, that's the whole point. That movie is so such a trip. Um, and I think that Wild at Heart is, like, kind of that, but, you know, it's not Oliver Stone, so it's not that fucking crazy. It's David Lynch, so it's more, more subtle more much more subtle much more bizarre like natural born killers is a weird movie in terms of movies but it's just like an ultra violent like heart attack like it is so fast paced and wild at heart just kind of slows down i mean there are stretches where not that much goes down and those are probably the best parts because the action is just insane i mean the opening scene where uh, the guy tries to attack Sailor. It's just unbelievable. And Nicolas Cage. I mean, this was like peak of his powers, late 80s, early 90s. That was like his his magic time. And I would not call his performance hammy or over. I mean, it's over the top, but like I wouldn't call it anything in a negative light. I mean, I think he did what he was supposed to do. And I think that it was, uh, you know, it was necessary. And uh, I don't think anybody else could have really done the movie like i don't think kyle mclaughlin could have swapped right there um and all i really thought was um why didn't they work together again i thought it would it would have been awesome to see nicholas cage and more david lynch stuff um uh i don't know what the what the popular opinion is on chris isaac in firewalk with me i thought he was great uh but tell me that that wouldn't have been a lot better as nicholas cage you know just throwing that out there um, and it was cool because, like, he was, like, kind of, he'd finished shooting Twin Peaks, I think. Or he was about to shoot Twin Peaks. Regardless, a bunch of the Twin Peaks crew or cast was in, in the movie. And uh, it was good to see them in little cameos. Because, um, I mean, unless you were around at the time, you probably saw Twin Peaks first. Um, so it's like, oh, my God, it's her, it's her, it's her, it's her. And there were so many of them. And that was just really fun. And uh yeah, the movie's crazy. It remind it's like 
I feel like all of David Lynch's work, probably other than this and like, well, I guess like Elephant Man and we don't really talk about Dune. So, okay, I already overstepped. But uh, the majority of David Lynch's work is like, I feel inherently and like pretty clearly like American. And a lot of the themes are based on like American bullshit, you know, whatever we fucking got, if you want to call it culture, I guess. Um, but Wild at Heart felt, although they're like clearly in America going through like New Orleans and Texas and stuff. It f- the f- film itself felt very like European. I don't know. I guess just because there was a lot of sex and like guns. <laughs> uh, I guess that that's what people would call European movies. Uh, I don't know, but it just had a feel like this is an international film. There was just something about it. It didn't seem like anything from here, and I don't mean that in an alien way. Uh, kind of like what you might think about Eraserhead, whereas like that movie's like, oh my god, this guy. This guy. <laughs> Somebody talk to this guy. Does anybody have his phone number? Can we make sure he's good? Uh, anyway, that's my little half-ass, half-baked, fully bullshitted David Lynch spiel. Uh, I didn't really think any of it out. I didn't want to because I could easily do full uh, three episodes um, talking about <coughs> uh, probably just Twin Peaks, let alone <laughs> all of David Lynch's work. So, uh, he's the best, I would say. So, if you ever want to talk Lynch, you let me know. and We'll, we'll go for it, because he is my favorite, probably overall, artist. Uh, just a big shout-out to him, just for being so good at so many things and, like, really putting it out there. Um, I mean, yeah, his movies are amazing. His shows are amazing. Uh, his music is great. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just all for it. He's got uh, great paintings, you know, and I'm sure a million other things. So shout out to you, David Lynch. I love you. <laughs> uh, keep doing what you're doing. And do do the loot do. But yeah, rolling on. Uh, yeah, kind of just going ultra off the cuff today. I don't know why. I was feeling real spontaneous. Feeling wacky. Feeling goofy. You know, anything could happen. You never know. You never know what you're gonna get. Um, you know it, it, that line's one of those things where, like, if you really think about it, <laughs> you know, it's kind of terrible and stupid. Uh, I think you know exactly what you're gonna get when you buy a box of chocolates. I think that they tell you, so you you know you don't fucking die this is for some coconut shit. You know what? Everybody fucking hates the coconut ones anyway. Like everybody's like, ooh, coconut. You know, everybody spits that shit out or they're disappointed when that's the one that they grabbed. Why don't you just stop putting fucking coconut chocolates in the chocolate thing? Okay, because clearly nobody's checking to see which one's which. You know, you maybe try to do it at first so you can pick out your first one that you like. And, you know, then you can be happy with the first one. But then you're leaving all the shitty ones for later. Okay, so then that thing sits forever. And then... Everybody's like, you want the coconut one? No. And then you just throw it in the fucking garbage. And it's like, well, why did I? Why did anyone pay for this? Why did anyone bother to take the time to make this? Why are we using resources just to create garbage? You know what I mean? You might as well just take the fucking ingredients, not even mix anything together, and just throw them straight out. Just don't even fucking order it, okay? Because you're throwing your money in the fucking garbage. Whenever anybody buys one of those goddamn hard chocolate bullshits, okay? Most of them aren't that good either. I feel like, you know, you grab one that's awesome and then you try to find the same one again and then you're like, oh my God, that's raspberry. I was looking for cream. You know? And it's just like you can't handle that kind of surprise. <laughs> it's just dramatic. And it is insane to co- to play with your taste buds like that. And it's not fair. So, you know... Lindor or whoever the fuck is making these fucking bullshit motherfucking chocolate conglomerate package deal things, okay? You can just, you you know, take my complaint and do with it what you will. So, how does that feel? Probably not good. I, I wouldn't like it. I know that much. You know? But that's all right. You know, you know, I'm not bitter. No, 
Uh, I had a great Valentine's Day by myself. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Whatever. This is clearly uh, your issue projecting. Not mine. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, getting down to the burning questions. <laughs> you know, um, I'm telling I'm telling people what they want to hear. I'm a- I'm asking and answering the the things everybody wants to know. You know, people are at the edge of their seat, just just screaming. Would somebody please justify <laughs> the way that I feel about this chocolate? Does anybody know what it's like to bite down into some coconut and say "fuck this"? I've had it, okay? And that's when you go down and you're like, you know what? I'm gonna meet that lawyer and I'm gonna decide what's right for me. You know, I'm sick of this prison. This house is not what I built. And if you don't tear it down, I will. So, you know, fuck this coconut chocolate. It ruins marriages. You know, it's fucking Valentine's Day. Can we please? Can we please? Uh, show some order here. I know we're two weeks out of Valentine's Day, but uh, this is all the February material I could come up with on the spot. There's not a lot going on, you know, other than your standard leap year. Uh, oh, I'm only 14. <laughs> you know, we know you're 52, you old fuck. Your bit's not good. Sorry. Uh, but yeah, wouldn't that be cool? Like, imagine that guy was, like, 14, like, mentally. <laughs> uh, I was going to say physically, but it would be a whole lot funnier if his brain was 14 than the rest of his organs. Um, so how about all of them, you know? Maybe that guy is internally, mentally, and physically 14. He just has the shell of a 52-year-old. Like, his his exoskeleton had to age human years, but his endoskeleton had to age in leap years you know so by the end of it you know what i mean like when that guy's actually 50 and it's been 200 years like his skin would be insane you know but that guy's only 50 so he's got another (laughs) he's got another 200 years potentially so i just imagine what a 200 year old man would look like you know you ever see an old person and just kind of like shrivel up and look away Because it's just like, Jesus, that is a sight. Like, you are (laughs) deteriorating. And it's frightening. And uh, my existential crisis that has been ongoing for, like, two months uh, shrivels up even further. And uh, I get a little panic attack for a second. But that's okay. That's okay. It's part of the human experience. Here we are. Everybody's having a good time, right? Right? It's probably a special at McDonald's or something. We can go eat our feelings away later. But yeah, like imagine <laughs> that guy would be, he would be all shriveled up and gross. But he would also be a legend, you know. That guy, you know, he would have seen it all. I mean, you know, you're on the news forever. I don't remember if that was a factor in Benjamin Button. Um, but if it wasn't, big mistake. And if it was, they probably didn't do it well enough because I don't remember it. But I also fell asleep during that movie. It was overly long and it wasn't that interesting. Why does everything have to be the love story? I don't get it. Why can't things just be about the crazy shit that it's about already? Like, uh, I was just talking about the movie Funny People. Great movie at the beginning. The entire premise was so interesting. I remember leading up to that, hearing who was in it, that it was a Sandler slash Rogan movie. I was like, whoa, when comedy worlds collide, this will be awesome. And he was like weirdly skinny in the movie. It was like the only time he was ever like skinny, skinny (laughs) Rogan. And uh, they made it like a part of the thing and it was just as real as it would have been. And it was like, okay, this movie's fucking awesome. This is living up to the hype. And I think they had a MySpace party there, though which uh, does not age well. So you should probably think about your tech sponsors in your movies before you make them. Uh, I think Google's probably your only safe bet, although the in- the interns was a fucking shit show and could have been so much better. I hate 
wasted concepts and talent, and that movie is the epitome of both, okay? Wilson and Vaughn have an undeniable on-screen chemistry. One guy's the fast talker, one guy's the whisperer. Like, okay, we're going to make shit happen, we're going to talk about it quickly and quietly, (laughs) and it's going to be funny. Okay, but that movie was just so broad and dry. It's like, why'd you even bother to get Google involved? You could have just made it up because it didn't really function as like an ad for Google. So it didn't feel like they were like really protecting much. It just all felt like bullshit. Nobody really knew what they were talking about. So there's my thoughts on that. But the movie Funny People, like the whole movie was awesome. The concept was great. And then it just turned into a romance. And it was like that whole last like hour, 40 minutes, whatever it was like. It completely changed what the movie was, and it didn't need to be like that. I mean, it was all—it was an interesting story that you totally set aside for a less interesting and more done story. You know what I mean? Like, we get it. It's a long-lost thing. But this is a movie about comedians that, like, nobody has ever seen before. And then you're making it a movie that everybody's seen before, and we all know what's going to happen now, and this movie's not interesting. Sorry. I don't know if he was going for like a Mel like a James L. Brooks thing or what. Um, not that I even know if that's that accurate of a thing. That just kind of seems like that's how the plot of a James L. Brooks movie would go had you decided to make it about a comedian with cancer. That's all I'm saying. Um, and I think Wayne's World did the same thing, although like the whole thing was for comedy and it was still like amazing and awesome. And that movie basically functions as a series of individual sketches, not really seen. So you can look at that however you want. And that was way less egregious and, you know, not nearly as big of a factor. But that is just another example of that happening. So to loop it all back to the original point, if I can even fucking remember what it is at this point, um... Benjamin Button could have just been about the old man baby. You know, like she could have been a part of it, but it didn't need to be about the love story. Because they they only focused it on like the certain parts. Like, yeah, he was real old. That was crazy. And they did that well. And then it was just like, oh, well, now they're together and then it's over. It's like, wait, what? And then he shrinks down back into a baby. That doesn't make any sense. Because <laughs> the whole movie was kind of rooted in this weird kind of realism. Like, this is clearly just regular America at the time this movie set. And everything is the way it is. And everything is really natural. And this is, like, the weirdest phenomenon everybody's ever seen. Right? And he's born baby-sized. So he's born baby-sized. Okay? Okay grows into a child and then a man as an old person okay so he 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 ages backwards but grows normally right but then when he's aging backwards into being a baby he shrinks down and disappears no no that doesn't make any sense okay i understand that none of it is makes any sense it's like all fiction that's not the point that i'm trying to argue i'm just saying if he's born baby sized he has to die adult sized okay and obviously he's going to be born baby sized i'm not arguing that he should have been born human sized i'm arguing he should have died human sized you know yeah he becomes completely unrecognizable he has a giant human baby that would be weird and creepy i get it but the creepy old baby was creepy too Hence, that's why it was called the creepy old baby. (laughs) Um, So I just don't know why you would expect for that guy to shrink down. You know, like he could get a little smaller, like the way old people get a little smaller because gravity is just pulling you down. (laughs) You know, everything, gravity is the only thing that can bring you down, man. That should have been my senior yearbook quote. I don't even know if I had one. I probably didn't. I don't know if we did that. I don't know if we could afford the ink. <laughs> uh, and if that if that's not how that movie went and I'm misremembering, then I apologize. But I'm like 99% confident that that dude shrinks down into a jizz egg concoction at the end. Maybe not that explicitly or literally on screen. But he definitely just kind of shrinks down into a baby. Whereas he should have just started looking like a giant baby and that would have been even, that would have been like scary and harder to deal with, you know? 
Um, but the idea that he was going to get stupid, I mean, I don't know. Was that movie just a point in that, like, old people are just babies? Because, I mean, they're kind of, they get kind of dumb, too, you know? Anyway, think about that, <laughs> old, old people. <laughs> you better watch out. Uh, we're on to you. We saw Benjamin Button. So we're coming. We're coming for you with all we got. Um, that, that, that It was cool to see a movie set in New Orleans. You don't really get to see other places in movies. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like anything that's set in a city isn't set there. Like, especially on TV, that kind of goes without saying. Um, but, like, movies that are set in certain cities, obviously most of them, I wouldn't say most because I don't really know that figure, but a lot of them are shot on location but in, like, a different location. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, people use Vancouver for a lot of cities, stuff like that. Um, and, you know, I just feel like on-location shots aren't that common. Um, and when they are, they don't really show you the place. I don't know. I don't know what Seattle really looks like. Um, I I don't really remember Sleepless in Seattle, though, so maybe I should rewatch that. They might have done a good job. Uh, but, I mean, I don't know... Like if you even if you look at film, like you don't know what Chicago looks like. I mean, I'm here, and I I couldn't tell you a good example. You know, the Blues Brothers is all set. Like it's set on like the South Side. That it does a good job of showing that. And then like, it's it's set in like the burbs and stuff. So like that's kind of cool. Um, but you don't really see that much. And then like when they're in the city, they're downtown, which is like the 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 tourist part. Um. But then there's, like, Ferris Bueller, which does the same thing. It's like, okay, here's the Burbs, and then here's downtown. I mean, they go to Wrigley Field, which is cool. Um, Maybe I should rewatch that for other spots, but I feel like they're just downtown the whole movie, which is cool, and that movie's amazing, and everything that it's about is fucking dope, and I love it. So not a, not a gripe to that movie, but I don't think there's anything that really shows you. I mean, there's that movie Wicker Park with Josh Hartnett. You know, that's cool. That's a weirdly specific choice. And, uh, you know, that movie is what it is. But I just, I just don't think there's any, like, essential movie that kind of shows you that. Whereas, like, New York, there's a billion movies just about how New York is great. Like, they're not even... A, they the, the movies only exist to facilitate New York City being awesome. You know? But there's definitely things that show you, like, parts of Brooklyn and parts of Queens. Maybe not that well either, I guess. Maybe Manhattan's glorified. But I, either way, I feel like I know a bunch of parts of Manhattan. Uh, or I felt like I did before I even went there. And that was kind of accurate. And it was like, oh, this is exactly like where I, I could kind of place this. You know, um, I did a little research into it to look into it, obviously. Um, so it wasn't that clean. But it was like, I know a lot of different spots here just from movies. And I feel like you don't know that many spots. I'm just going to use Chicago as the example because, I mean, uh, you know, I feel like it has probably the next most amount of things set here, right, other than New York or L.A., just because we're third. And two, like, I'm here, so I get it, and uh, I just haven't seen it, you know. Maybe there are movies that really showcase, like, Tulsa really well, and I just haven't seen it, and I wouldn't know if it does or doesn't. You know, I can just say that here I just don't feel like it's really been shown. And now saying that, like, as a guy from here, I'm no filmmaker, but, like, even if I was, I don't think that I would know how to really showcase it either. Because um, it's very it's very strange. I mean, it's a neighborhood-based thing, so it's just, like, each little section is different, and you just kind of got to <laughs> know which ones have what stuff. I don't know. It's It's weird. Um, but I, I would like to see somebody at least try, like, have a show set here that's, like, actually set here. You know what I mean? I just think it's so weird. Like, why even set a show in a city if you use none of the stuff? I don't know. I don't mean, like, Chicago PD and Fire and Med. <laughs> like, every single ward possible. Chicago. Janitorial. You know, like, how far is that going to go? But, uh, I don't mean stuff like that. I don't know. Like, Man Seeking Woman was here. They got on the L, like, a couple times. Like, that was cool. I don't know. It just doesn't make sense. I think that, like, it was super in, like, BoJack Horseman. 
they did a great job in this new season, and it was a masterful season, period. That show is absolutely astonishing. It's remarkable. I love it. Um, it started off really slow, like literally in the first season, like half of it, and then it just kind of kept going up for five and a half seasons after that. So uh, give it a shot. Like Go past the first season. Do what you had to do with other shows before because a lot of first seasons are weak. they got to find the characters. they got to find the voice. And believe me, they did. That show is heartbreaking and an unbelievable exercise in like self-help almost. It's, it's remarkable. But, uh, yeah, there was a whole arc set in Chicago in the last season. I feel like it was the best portrayal of Chicago I've really seen, and they barely kind of did it. They just like showed the buildings right, and they took the train places, and it was cold. Like, you know, like it's not it, that wasn't that hard to do. You know what I mean? And it was like, yeah, I mean the cheeseburger again. I mean, it, it's it it's the little things, I guess, is what's hard to show about living in a place. And maybe that's a hard thing to write. Maybe nobody really cares about writing for it. You maybe have to have a passion for it. And that's why, like, I think shows set in New York, those people are tend to seem more like New Yorkers in it. Because, I mean... If you love a place, you're probably going to care more about writing for it well. And whether that's conscious or subconscious, I think that that's just something that comes with the territory. And uh, that's okay. You know, maybe one day the big Chicago show will come along. That'll really just showcase what it's like to live here. Uh, maybe not. Maybe that's okay. Maybe we'll just continue to have that be our own little thing. I don't know. Um, but I don't think... I don't think Shameless does a very good job. Its logistics are way off. Uh, obviously, you can set a house in a fictional spot. It's still like a Chicago house. Uh, but it, it's literally like 30 blocks away from where it's actually supposed to be. But uh, that, that, that that's not really the issue. It's just, it's just it's trying to show the South Side life. Maybe that's accurate. That I really couldn't tell you. I obviously doubt it because that show's fucking insane and ridiculous and pretty bad at this point but you know that's neither here nor there i don't know uh i just think that like even on like food stuff you know like no reservations or whatever i don't know maybe there's maybe just the parts that i you know that i like to go to just don't get shown and that's a little bit of a peeve for me i wouldn't i i don't think that that's the case i just think that the overplaying of downtown is a problem that's just what really gets me because nobody goes there you know what I mean? Downtown's like, oh, fuck, I have a ticket I need to contest, and I gotta go fucking downtown. Like, downtown's the worst, okay? Like, it's crowded, and then everything is packed all the time, and you never really, like, anything that's there, you can get anywhere else. You know, like, there's there's nothing that's, like, exclusive or anything, um yeah like the architecture's cool the buildings are tall but like you never need to go to any of them for any reason uh unless you work there and it's basically just a place people people all shuffle over there to go work and then they shuffle all back and it's really pointless like nobody lives there um probably due to price there's not that many places that i've seen that even seem like they'd be apartments um there's definitely a few um, and I know, like, students live there that go to school downtown. So, like, that's fun and cool for them. And the only places that are even open past, like, 6 o'clock are by those schools or on, like, State Street. And State Street's a disaster. It's just, like, if you took a mall and put it on, like, three, four blocks, it's terrible. It's just packed. And I don't like it. You know, it was like when I, w I went to Times Square, of course, we were there in December and I had to go in the day to get souvenirs. And it was like being in line at Disneyland, just being on the sidewalk. It's brutal. And I get why, like, you know, you hear people from New York say that that place sucks and they don't like it. It's the same thing. Stop showing it off like it's a big it's a big thing that we do. We don't do that here. We don't go there. You know, that's all I'm trying to say. Like, hey, writers, you know. Nobody's going there unless it's for work. And nobody's driving. Like, yeah, a bunch of people do drive. But I'm just saying, like, a common person who actually, like, lives in the city will not drive down to downtown. Anyway, I'm being a sh I'm doing the Chicago guy, city guy thing, and it's stupid and it's fucking annoying. So, you know, I'm part of the problem, too. And 
uh, we all we all need to be held accountable <laughs> for our actions. So I'm just gonna press on from there. Uh, city guy rant over. We don't need to do that here. And uh, I'm gonna pivot point and talk about. I've had a weird, uh, like little fascination, infatuation, and I don't know. I mean, I know why, and I'm gonna explain why. But it kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, with the city of Buffalo, New York. I find it very, very interesting for a lot of reasons, and I kind of love it based on what I've seen. I've also heard some pretty terrible and read some rough things about certain parts of it, but I mean, you know, I'm technically in the murder cap, but or whatever, it might not be anymore, but no matter what, it's just like that's not, that doesn't paint a real picture of what the place is like usually. So, I mean, you know, you can just throw that one away right away. I mean, now it could it could definitely be a factor and put a damper on the whole place, and it might actually, like, kind of suck. Who knows? Uh, here, here are my reasons. Let me just list my reasons. So when it was originally, like, city planned, it was parks first. So the whole thing is built around just, like, a massive connection chain of parks. I think that that sounds super dope and really nice, and that would be cool to go through. They built like an entire walk along their lake walk, kind of like we have in the city here. But theirs is like a like a little like bridge pier thing, which is like a bunch of shit to do. There's like shops and bars and stuff along the lake. That's awesome. You can watch the sunset over the lake because it's on the west side of the city. That's awesome. Okay. Um, you get to try the original wings. That's dope. Bills fans are super hardcore. I respect that. Like, you know, you know what I mean? It's like you're from Buffalo. That's what you got. You know, you got the Bills, and I guess you have the Sabres, but I don't think the Sabres have ever been good. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of rough. Damn, somebody get them a good team. Somebody make a move, you know? And, um, you know, Niagara Falls is there. Like, everything just seems dope. And it's like a city, but it's like a small city, so you can, like, definitely, like, run that shit. <laughs> Um, you know what I mean though? Like you can go everywhere, you can know where everything's at, but it's like still got somewhat of a cityness to it. You know, there's still some speed in like a downtown and there's public transit. Like you can get around from what I gather. And that's cool. That's, that, that's a big factor for me. I, I, I like mobility factor. Um, that, and it, it's basically like halfway from here to New York City, and I feel like making the move directly from, like, if I was going to go from, like, Chicago to New York, I think that that would be pretty, like, it would be a rough transition, it would be a long, tough move, you know, <laughs> um, I think the transition would only be rough, like, financially, is, like, what I'm saying, so, like, if I can get halfway there, <laughs> you know, set up shop, set up camp for a little bit, like, do it colonial style, you know, it's not an A to B. We're going to have a layover for a little bit. And that's cool. So, yeah, I don't know. Seems dope. Rent seems real cheap. A lot of it with utilities included. And I'm like, holy shit, I could fucking, I could live in Buffalo. You know what I mean? Um, but, no, I'd really like to go. And then it's also just like, yeah, you can go to Canada, whatever you want. Like, Toronto's pretty close, you know? And then, you know, every once in a while you make the trip to New York because it's pretty far. So, like, that sucks. But, like, you know... It's worth it. You're close. You're in the state now. Like, I don't know. Upstate New York seems to have, like, a lot of nature, a lot of cool stuff. Um, yeah, it seems great. So any Buffalo people, you let me know. <laughs> or anybody that's been. Like, give, give me some tips here. Um, should I go? Should I not go? Is this stupid? You know, maybe. But maybe not. And uh, either way, you know, it's like it's worth an eight hour drive there and back, I think, just to find out, you know, give it a couple days. So that, that, that that's a plan that I've got. I've got cooking. I think that that would be a lot of fun. And, you know, I'm trying to check out more spots because, you know, I never would have thought that I'd love Green Bay, you know, just because of the Packers rivalry. But then you go there and you're like, wow, this is like a nice place. I really enjoy this. Uh, and it's weird. Um, it, kind of like it, it's weird, at least the way it used to be, to see like Wrigley Field amongst just like a bunch of apartments and stuff. It's just like in the middle of the hood. And it's just like, yeah, you know, a major sports organization happens here. It just doesn't seem like it. 
You know what I mean? Like, you might see, like, a rec center in the middle of a neighborhood, but it's weird to see, like, a professional stadium in one. And it's even more weird to see it in, like, uh, a, like, suburban setting. Um, because there, it's, there's, like, a parking lot, so it's kind of, it's not necessarily, like, because I, I understand that another city, like, Dallas and stuff, it's, like, in Arlington, it's, like, in a, in a place nearby, and I get what that's like. You know, like having a stadium outside of the city, I get that. But like that is the like it looks like it's a stadium outside of the city, but that is the city. You know what I mean? It's like if the Cowboys were the Arlington Cowboys, right? And you're like, oh, why are they based in here? Um, no, no disrespect to Green Bay. To me, it just still doesn't make sense. I think that's just because the NFL is blossomed into such a big product it wasn't that weird a long time ago i'm sure and their population isn't that small you know it's pretty sizable and i would make the trek from milwaukee easily and i think it's cooler and lambeau field is gorgeous i'll admit it that stadium is absolutely beautiful it looked brand new (laughs) i mean the upkeep and maintenance is insane considering how harsh the winters are up there so you know hats off to you green bay uh i've turned a leaf you know, all it took was going there. It's a nice place. Um, probably couldn't handle the winters. I'll have to admit it. Um, oh, that's another thing about uh, Buffalo, New York. Okay? It does not have as harsh of winters as the reputation proceeds. That is a myth. Like, they have, they have had some crazy snowfalls. That were noteworthy, but apparently that's not that common, and sunshine is a big thing there. So, almost like Denver. I didn't know that Denver was just like the sunniest fucking place in America, you know. Of course, they had it at the airport, like on the walls when you get there, and make sure you know uh, that terrifying murder airport. (laughs) If you ever fly into Denver, try not to. (laughs) Try to go somewhere else. Uh, You'll probably have a better time when you land. Uh, let's just put it like that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I just love getting out there. Love doing stuff. I'd love to be one of those guys, like, like one of those work travel guys. I think that that would be fun. I think that I would probably need a Xanax prescription to go on that many planes. You know, I would need to be taking little corners just to chill out, you know. I did have a Xan 13 hours till I land. That type of shit. Um... But, I mean, I would love that because then you just get to see all these places. And a, a weird thing that I've never appreciated or I've always I've always never understood why people don't appreciate it and it just makes me upset is people traveling for work that stay in the hotel. Like um, at, at, my, at a previous employer, we had people coming in from out of town like all the time doing meetings, you know, uh, plannings, whatever the case may be, maybe construction stuff, like getting prepped together, whatever. Um and they'd be like, oh, you know, I'm just going to go to my hotel, maybe get some dinner. And it's like, what do you mean? You know what I mean? Like, you got a free trip to a place to where people want to go. Um, I, I don't get that. Like, even if you, it wasn't a place where people want to go, you know what I mean? Like, if you get sent to, uh, what's a place people don't want to go to? I don't know. If I got sent to, like, Mobile, Alabama, I'd probably at least go through the town. Or city. I don't know what it's like there. You know, I have no idea. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I would check it out. So, to me, it's kind of crazy. Like, even if you've been somewhere before, I don't know. I, I just don't see any situation to, to where I get sent on a plane to a place for work. And then after work, I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to go watch TV for four hours and go to bed. It's like, no, what? I'm going to spend those four hours trying to do something in this place. Like, even if it's like, go get a cup of coffee somewhere. You know, you got to appreciate your surroundings, get experience as much as you can. You got to make your travels worthwhile, okay? <laughs> um, I've, I've personally never understood why anybody would come here, like, for a vacation or whatever, or why it's really a tourist destination. I, I don't understand it, frankly, uh, still to this day. But it's a, you're a product of your environment, so, I mean, there's no way for me to say. Um, but I d- people do, and it's a big thing. So my thing is, like, when you fucking come here from another place... Wouldn't you be, like, stoked and try to go around, you know? A few people did, and uh, they did it kind of dumb and touristy, and nobody listens. But that's fine. You know, at least you give it a shot. You do something. You're like, wow, that was dope. Um, I don't know. Little little rant there about 
not appreciating that. All I'm saying is if I'm getting free plane tickets, I'm definitely making the most out of all of it. And especially if I have like an expense card. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not talking about necessarily abusing that shit, but come on. Oops, sorry about that. I was playing with my arm uh, for my mic, and uh, it sounds like I was doing an ominous tone to let you know that shit was about to go south. Uh, <laughs> we're about to lose them, everybody. <laughs> Don't go down the hallway. Um, yeah, that was my bad. Uh, but yeah, whatever I was saying, you know, fuck it. Go, go places. If you're going for free, fucking go. Because if not, send me. You know, tell me what your dumb job is, because odds are, from what I learned, when people are getting sent places, they don't really need to be sent there to have the meeting. It's something that could have been done over the phone and been like 10 minutes, and they're like getting <laughs> people hotel rooms for like four days, and they're like super nice, and they're flying business class and shit, and it's like, oh my god, resources could be best spent elsewhere, but that's fine. You know, what would I know? I'm only paying attention. Uh, But yeah. Let me do your dumb job, and I and I'll, I'll get on your fucking flight, and I'll fucking have a party. I will I will arrive somewhere when I get there. Okay, you better believe it. And uh, you know now I'm just gonna do a little shameless plug here, doing my thing. So uh, me and the homies, we got a little little band, if you will. I've always been, I've never been down to like say that. Like, oh, I'm in a band, or I'm a musician. I could say, like, I make music. You know what I mean? I just think there are certain things you shouldn't say unless they're your profession. I think I did this rant already anyway. So, but that that's just how I feel about it. You do you. Uh, it just doesn't feel to me like I'm a musician. It feels like it's something that I do. I would love to feel like one, you know? If anybody wants to plug it up, go for it. Uh, but that's where this plug drops in. So go to multiplex.bandcamp.com, and then I think we're launching on Spotify with this new album soon, but it's called Negative Space. Uh, it's like an industrial pop, noise pop thing. It's a lot of fun. It slaps. It's dope. It's the first time. I still wouldn't say real production because we did it all ourselves again, but it has the most real like quality sound that we've had so far. All the other stuff uh, is... Super turned down and super low. And if you crank it, it sounds awesome. Um, but yeah, uh, we finally hit a level that was nice. And uh, I think that the record's a lot of fun. And, you know, you'll you'll probably bob your head at least a few times. So if you like checking that out, multiplex.bandcamp.com. We are called Multiplex. We fucking rip and have a lot of fun. So plug us up. Um, my solo stuff is on Wolf X, W-O-L-F. W-O-L-F-X dot bandcamp dot com. I probably will not be moving to streaming services because uh, it's all just like little instrumental stuff that I do for fun. Uh, most of it was just me playing on a laptop. So nothing too exciting. Uh, the newest one was like done analog and I'll have a new analog one coming out eventually. I have an abandoned Seinfeld project that uh, I may or may not do. We'll see. Jury's still out. I probably won't. But Maybe looking to buy. I'm looking to swap out the sampler I have and buy a new, another new one for that's cheaper. Weirdly, so it's like fuck. Why did I even buy this one in the first place? Now I got to do all this work for no reason. That's on me. Um, but those are my plugs for that stuff, and th- that's pretty much all I got for you for today. So yeah, we can just keep rocking it out. Uh, let me know. Uh oh, that's right. The last plug. That's what it was. Okay. Uh, if there's anything, you know, you want to throw at me, you want me to talk about, you want me to touch up on, we got the email link at rfatpodcast at gmail.com, R-F-A-T podcast at gmail.com. No, I am not fancy enough to have my own email for this. Don't have really much of anything for it yet. Uh, again, at least at the time of this recording, you may be hearing this 20 years from now and thinking, wow, I can't believe this guy used to not have a budget. He's so rich and famous. And, uh, boy, let me tell you, I sure hope that you're right about that in the future. But that's not the case right now. We still just on YouTube. We still gonna be just on YouTube, uh, at least for right now. Uh, guests are hopefully coming soon. Still waiting on some people. You know who you are. Just kidding. I love you. Anyway. Um, I'm going to get out of here. 
just going to leave you with uh, one message that I hope you absolutely hold near and dear, tried and true, pride and blue to your heart. Um, and that is that I are fat, you are fat, we are fat. All right. Hope you have a good day, everybody. Uh, this is Requiem for a Tuesday. Calculator.